Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Heard about But we're going to get started in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. If you're taking notes, um, it's kind of context of the scriptures that uh, where we pick up in Matthew 11 is that Jesus his ministry is really getting started right now in Matthew chapter 11. Uh, he is garnering a large following. Miracle signs and wonders are taking place everywhere he goes. Like Jesus, by this point in his ministry, he's a big deal. That's what I want y'all to catch him. He, he, nobody's overlooking Jesus at this point in this ministry. And that's where we pick up in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2, um, where we're going to read verse 2 through 6. Um, in verse 2, it says this, that John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples who asked Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Everybody say expecting. Or should we keep looking for someone else? Then Jesus told him, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen and say these things. And this is what he told him this, to, to tell John the Baptist. He said, the blind see." The lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, and God bless those who do not fall away because of me. Turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message. Say how to be unaffected. You say it. Say how to be unaffected by the unexpected. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. Father, we thank you that we are here for no other reason other than grow closer to your son. So right now, let your Holy Spirit begin to do some surgery on our hearts, Father. Begin to renew our minds right now in this moment because we are ready to receive something from you. We are ready to receive a word from the Lord that I believe that will be able to encourage and to be able, Father, to strengthen our spirits as we begin to align ourselves more with you so jesus we give you full control over this service we thank you for gathering us tonight that we have no other motivation other than to spring closer to your son we love you jesus have your way and all the saints in the church said amen amen give jesus one more hand clap of praise before we get into it tonight um i have a a lot of favorite Bible characters that I study. Um, I love King David because uh, he was so bold and both stupid at the same time. If you read, ever read about King David, I love Moses because he had a lot of personal problems, but he pushed past those personal problems to lead the, the, the Jewish nation out of Egypt. But if there's somebody who I really admire, um, like I said, I, I admire a lot of Bible characters, but I really admire John the Baptist. I really admire John the Baptist because, uh, see, he was a preacher's kid. John the Baptist uh, was a preacher's kid, and back in that time, only preacher's kids could become preachers because they were from the tribe of Levi. So John the Baptist, he really had his whole life set up in front of him. Like, he could have just coasted through life and become a priest like his father did and his grandfather and his great-grandfather did because he had everything set up for him because he came from the right family. So he's this rich uh, preacher's kid who is this, really has his whole life set in front of him if he wanted it. 
But one day, John the Baptist was reading scripture, and he was reading Isaiah 40, uh, verse 3, and he read a scripture that said, Out of the wilderness will come a voice that will prepare a way for the Messiah. Now, here is what I admire about John the Baptist, is that he just didn't just read uh, scripture. He identified with scripture. You see, it's one thing to read the Bible, but it's another thing to identify with what the truth it says about you. Uh, like example, like it's one thing just to read John eight thirty six, which says, "Whom the Son sets free is free indeed." It's one thing just to read it, but it's another thing to identify yourself as a free person because of the blood of Jesus. You, you get what I'm saying? Like it's it, it's one thing to read scripture. Like I love reading scripture, but it's a totally different thing to identify yourself with the truth that scripture is saying about you. It's a totally different thing to say, you know what? I'm freed by the blood of Jesus. So I'm a freed from addiction. I'm freed from anxiety. Like you get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing to identify with it. And so John the Baptist, he reads Isaiah 40 verse 3, and he says, I am that voice out of the wilderness. He reads this scripture that was written 400 years before he was born and he said, that is me. I am that voice. He identified himself with scripture. If there's any way we should identify or come up with our identity, it should come from scripture. Amen. And so John the Baptist, he identifies himself with the scripture. But this is the crazy part is that John the Baptist is a rich preacher's kid living and, and studying in the temple. He is nowhere near the wilderness. So he reads the scripture about a voice coming out from the wilderness. And so he identifies himself with it. So what does he do? It says he leaves everything that he knows. He leaves his life as the rich preacher's kid to go live in the wilderness. And it says he survives on locusts and honey. And he sells himself out to line himself, his identity, up with this voice out of the wilderness that was supposed to prepare the way for the Messiah. And so John the Baptist, he, he, he goes all out on this thought that the Messiah was on the way. And he said, I'm the voice that's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. So he goes out into the wilderness, and he begins to say, repent, for the Messiah is on the way. So if there's anybody who is sold out to Jesus of Nazareth being the Messiah, it's John the Baptist. Do you agree? And so he, John the Baptist, he, he totally transformed his life. He he, he is preparing the way for the Messiah. He's baptizing people. He, he, he gets the chance to baptize Jesus, and he sees that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah, and he's eager about it. He, he has high expectations about it because back in that time, the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they had these high expectations about what the Messiah was going to do. When they saw or when they heard that the Messiah was here, their expectation was that the Messiah, that their expectation was that he was going to bring military conquests. Their expectation was that he was going to bring political valor. That Their expectation of the Messiah was that he was going to come and he was going to lead an army and they were going to defeat the Romans and free themselves from their rule and that the Jewish people were going to have all this victory and valor. That was their expectations of the Messiah. They expected him to come into the streets and separate the wicked from the wise and they expected the Messiah to come in and set everything straight. 
And so when John the Baptist said the Messiah is here, he was thinking that now is our conquest. Now is our victory. Now is our political advancement that the Jewish people is going to make. But the thing was is that they were mistaken with their expectations. We're talking about expectations tonight if you haven't caught it yet. We're talking about unmet expectations. So these Jewish people and Pharisees and Sadducees, they have these expectations about Jesus. They have these expectations that the Messiah is going to come and free them from the Roman rule. They have these expectations that when Jesus, when the Messiah is going to come, that everything's going to change, that all the things and problems that they have are simply going to fall away. They have these expectations. But see, they were confused about Jesus because Jesus didn't come to fight a war of flesh and blood. They were confused because Jesus didn't come to set us free from Roman rule, but to set us free from the, from the clutches of the, and the death of sin. They were confused because they had these expectations about Jesus, but Jesus doesn't live up to our expectations alone. See, so John the Baptist, he, he has these same expectations. He has these expectations of the Messiah, but, the, but Jesus, he didn't come to, to fight flesh and blood. Jesus came to separate what was sin and what was not. He came, to, he came to show the way. He came to free us. He didn't just come to make bad people good. He made to make dead people alive. So these Jewish people, I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture for you all right now so you can see that John the Baptist, is, all these Jewish religious leaders, these Pharisees and Sadducees, they have painted an expectation of Jesus. They have been painted this expectation of the Messiah that when he comes, when the Messiah comes, he's going to set everything straight in a moment. They have these expectations. But when Jesus came, he didn't operate how they wanted him to operate. John the Baptist even, even was so caught up in this expectations of the Messiah that when he baptized Jesus and when he saw that he truly was the Messiah, John the Baptist, it says in Scripture, that he became so boldened in his spirit that he began to call out everybody. Like he went to all the political uh, hypocrites and began to call them out. And he called out this wickedness and said, hey, the Messiah, he's coming for you. The Messiah is here now. Now he's coming for you. And he began to call all these people out. And while John was doing all these things, John, he, he was doing these things thinking that this was God's will. But has anybody ever been frustrated or aggravated by the will of God? Am I the only one? Because this is what I've learned. That the most frustrating and also the same reason why God's will is frustrating is also the same reason why it's fruitful. The same reason why we frustrate ourselves with God's will is the same reason why God's will is so fruitful. It's because God's will doesn't align with our expectations. Because God's will doesn't confine itself within our expectations. Like if God's will took place according to how we expected it to take place, it might live up to our expectations, but it's not going to live up to God's best. So that's why it's frustrating. Because things don't go according to how we expect it to go, even in God's will. And so we get frustrated sometimes because we say, God, I expected this to happen. God, I expected that to happen. And like John the Baptist, as we look, he expected the Messiah to do all these things. And he, 
and he sees that things aren't going how he expected. And so John the Baptist, he has totally flipped his life around to line himself up with the voice out of the wilderness, and he has prepared a way for the Messiah, and he's been all out on Jesus of Nazareth, but yet he finds himself in prison. Now, I said all that, this for context, let's again take a look now at Matthew 11, verse 2, where it says this. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me tonight? I know this is why I want, to help. I want to help some people out tonight. Let's look back at 11, verse 2. Now, with all this context in mind, now you know about John the Baptist, the preacher kid. Now you know that he totally turned his life around to follow after Jesus, and now he's disappointed because things aren't going as expected. Now, in verse 2, it said, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Turn to your neighbor, say expecting. Say expecting, say, say oh. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we look for another? How can John the Baptist, the man who baptized Jesus himself and saw the Spirit of God come down on him like a dove and a voice from heaven saying, this is my son who I'm well pleased, how can this man be confused about the identity of Jesus? How can that man be confused about the validity of Jesus? He saw the Spirit of God fall on him like a dove. How can he be confused? Unmet expectations. I think some of us, we get so caught up in our expectations of how things are going to work out, how Jesus is going to do this, how things are going to happen, that we question the validity of Jesus when things don't go according to plan. We say, we say God, I've been following after you, God. I've been doing everything. John the Baptist, he said, God, I turned my life around for you. I, I left all that I knew for you, and now I'm in prison? This isn't going how I expected. Are you really the Messiah? Are you really G? Are you really who you say you are? Because if you are God, why am I in prison? And I found myself asking myself the same question sometimes when I'm trying to follow after the plan of Jesus. And then I find myself in a prison that I didn't expect. And I say, God, is this what you wanted? Because if it is, why am I here? God, is this really your plan? Because things aren't going according to expectations. And if we're being honest with ourselves, there have been times when we, when we looked around like John the Baptist did. He looked around, saw himself in prison, and said, Jesus, you're not living up to my expectations. There's been time in my life where I looked around, and I looked around what I thought was God's plan. I said, God, your plan is not living up to my expectations. Things aren't going how I expected it to go. That's where John the Baptist finds himself. And I believe there's times where we go around and say, God, I, I expected for my bank account to look more than what it is right now. Or say, God, I expected to be out of Victoria by this point in my life. Or like, God, I expected to be married by this point. What do you mean this is your will, God? It's, things aren't going to expectations. And, and so what we do is because things aren't going according to our expectations, we question the validity of God. We say, God, are you really in control? Because if you are in control, things would be going as expected, right? And so John the Baptist, he is confused. He is worried. He, he is discouraged. 
not because of God's plan, but because it's not going towards his expectations. Does anybody kind of relate to John the Baptist a little bit right now? Because here's what happens, is that when we get disappointed, when we get discouraged by unmet expectations, we get desperate. I've learned in my life is that when things aren't going to plan how I expect them to be, I start to get desperate. But here's the thing, I get desperate for the wrong things. When you are discouraged because things aren't going according to your expectations, you get desperate for the wrong things. Like how John the Baptist did. He said, look, God, I'm falling after you, and things aren't going right, and I'm desperate right now. And so he began to say crazy things like, hey, are you really the Messiah, or should we keep on looking? Even though I saw the Spirit of God fall on you, I'm so desperate for something different because I'm in prison. He begins to make all these crazy, all these crazy differences in his mind, thinking that it was going to be something to help him, not hurt him. Let me, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but point one is this. Unmet expectation will create unhealthy desperation. Unmet expectation will create unhealthy desperation. What do I mean by that? It's that if you live your life so focused on expectations, when they become unmet, you will become unhealthy spiritually. You begin to say, God, why aren't things going how I expected them to go? I'm following after you, and things aren't going how I expected, so maybe I should go back to that toxic relationship. God, things aren't going how I expected them to go, so maybe I should go back to that, that lifestyle that I know I shouldn't live, but things aren't going how they are expecting to go right now. I mean, come on, is anybody hearing what I'm saying right now? Amen. Too long, I believe that too long we try to contain God's will to our expectations. And when our expectations aren't met, we get desperate. And we start to be, make unhealthy decisions just because our expectations aren't being met. And we start saying, God, you're not meeting my expectations, so you know what? I'm going to look to that relationship to meet my expectations. God, I, I found myself in things I didn't expect to be, so you know what, God? I'm going to look to this place and that place. And so we become unhealthy because expectations became unmet. And the problem is, and this is like how John the Baptist, the, the problem wasn't God's plan. The problem was John's, his expectation of God's plan. See, the problem wasn't that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. The problem was that John the Baptist had these expectations of how the Messiah should act. And when those expectations weren't met, he blamed God's plan. I believe a lot of times when we live life and things aren't going as expected, Instead of us looking towards ourselves, what do we do? Say, God, I gave you your chance. Say, God, I, I gave your will the best shot I could, but things aren't going as I expected them to go, so I'm going to go back to what I know. See, unmet expectations will create an unhealthy desperation. But the problem isn't God's plan, and the problem isn't God's will. The problem is our expectations of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying to have low expectations. I'm not saying to live life saying, you know what, I expect the worst to happen. What I am saying is don't try to, can, to limit God's plan to your expectations. Don't try to say, God, your will for my life has to involve these expectations I have. I want to be here by the time I'm 30. I want to be here by the time I'm 40. I want to have this number in a big account. And we have all these expectations. And when they're unmet, we think that God's will is what is against us. When in reality, God lives and God 
operate so far outside our expectations that it would blow our mind. But because we have these unmet expectations, we get discouraged. So John the Baptist, he's disappointed in Jesus because he's not doing what he expected him to do. I mean, I know this might be, I mean, I know we're all saints in this place, but have you ever been disappointed in Jesus? I know that might might even hurt to say, but you ever been disappointed in saying, God, you're not doing what I expected you to do. He's disappointed in Jesus because he's not doing what he expected him to do. He expected him to lead this glorious revolution. He expected him to have all this political authority and valor and to come in and to slap the Romans across the face. Like he expected all these things Jesus do, and when he didn't do it, he was discouraged. But here's the thing, that John, he, he, he was so ex- so focused on his expectations that he was missing out on all the things that was happening around him. What he didn't know is that Jesus was operating and doing things so far beyond his expectations he didn't even realize it. See, this is where we continue. Are y'all, are y'all staying with me tonight? This is where we continue. See, now... Now we're getting the context. Now you're seeing what's happening. Now let's go back to Matthew 11, verse 4. So now John the Baptist sends his disciples, and they say, hey, if, if you really are the Messiah, like, like, are you who you say you are? Like, they're, they're questioning Jesus. And now watch how Jesus responds to them questioning his identity. When he says, Jesus told him, he said, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. He said, the blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life. And the good news, everybody say the good news, is being preached to the poor. What Jesus was saying to John's disciples is, what do you mean, am I the Messiah? Look around you right now. There are miracle signs and wonders taking place. The, the blind are seen, the dead are being raised. The good news is being preached. What do you mean, am I the Messiah? You're missing it. You see, they were so focused on their expectations that they were missing all the miracles around them. They were so focused on on Jesus riding in on a horseback with a sword in his hand that they were missing that he was making the dead come alive. I mean, how caught up can we be in our expectations that we miss out on miracles like that? I believe it happens all the time. I believe that there will be times in our life that things aren't going how we expected and we're so focused on unmet expectations that we're missing out on all the blessings that are happening around us. We're missing out on all the fruitfulness. We're missing out on all the joy. We're missing out on all the peace, all because things aren't going how we thought it should go. And we're missing out on the goodness of God. These disciples of John, they were so focused on those expectations. John the Baptist was so focused on his expectations, he was missing the big picture. That's point two for tonight, is that our expectations can make us blind to our blessings. Our expectations can make us blind to our blessings. We can be so disappointed about things not going how we expected that we can miss out on the best things God has to offer us. We can be so focused, say, you know, God, I, I thought by this point in my life I would be married and I have kids, but I'm still single. But we totally overlook the fact that God has been building something on the inside of us and that our character has gone to a point 
that it would have never have gotten if we would have gotten caught up in unhealthy relationships. And we'd overlook or say, God, I, I, I expected to get this promotion, God. And, but we totally overlooked the fact that, that promotion meant more time away from the family and more time at the office. And we don't realize that promotion would have taken away our peace and that our family time would have been taken away because of that promotion and busyness. And we don't even realize how much God's hands on our lives because of unmet expectations. See, John the Baptist, he, he was so close, but he, he missed it. I, I do believe he, he came back to that realization about the goodness of God, but his expectations almost stole his, his peace and his identity because, you see, he was so focused on his expectations of Jesus, he, he was missing out on the on the, the greatness and the goodness and the grace that was surrounded all around him. See, if we view God's plan through this view of expectations, we're always going to be discouraged about where we are in life. If we view God's will on our life through the lens of our expectations, we're going to say, well, I'm not here where I thought I should be. I, I, I'm I've reached the age of this, and I haven't gotten that yet. And we have all these expectations, and because they're not going according to plan, we get discouraged. But really the question for tonight, if y'all been sticking with me, is how do I handle unmet expectations? How do I handle when things don't go according to plan? How do I handle when my expectations are? aren't met. Like, I wanted to be married by 30. I wanted to have this much in the bank account by this. How do I handle when that doesn't happen? Let me give you the insights. Is that we have to give up our expectations. We have to give up our expectations to God. Now, again, I don't mean don't have no expectations or low expectations. I'm saying don't have limited expectations. Because what you think is your floor or what you think is your ceiling is nowhere near what God can do through you. But because you have all these expectations, you're saying, God, your will has to make this happen. And your will has to take place here. And God's saying, look, I have all these things ready for you. But because you have all these expectations, you're limiting yourself. You're, you're, you're limiting the, the capacity of which you can function because you have these expectations. And what we don't realize is that these expectations we have, they're still in what we could have. Let me say that again. These, these expectations that we have, they're still in what we could have. We, we have these expectations, and they're taken away where God could take us. Because we're saying, God, I want this, I want that, I expect this, I expect your will to have this and this, I expect to be here, I expect to be there. And we have all these expectations, and God's saying, I got so much, so much greater for you. I have something beyond your expectations, but because you try to limit my plan according to your expectations, that's all you're going to get. And the sad thing is, even when we get what we expected, we're still unhappy. Even when we get what we wanted, we realize it's not enough. Let us not be a people, a church, that just tries to 
line ourselves up and say, God, if I just have this and if I just have that, if you just give me what I expected, because can I be honest with you tonight? If you got everything you expected, you'd still be unhappy. Your expectations doesn't determine your happiness or joy. If you got everything on your wish list, if you got everything and God said, you know what, all your prayers meant like that, you would still be struggling with what you're struggling with. Why? Those things aren't what save you anyways. The, the, those, those, those needs, those, want, those aren't what bring you peace anyways. It's, it's, it's being in God's will. That is what brings you those things. So what Jesus, what, what, what he was trying to say to, his, to John the Baptist and his disciples, saying, look around. What do you mean if I'm the Messiah? Can't you see what's going on? Or are you too blinded by your expectations? Can't you see that the lame are walking? Or are you too blinded by wanting to have conquest over the Romans that you're missing out on all these things? Let us not be a, a, a people who are missing out on God's best because we're too focused on our expectations. Because what I don't realize is those expectations, those those unmet expectations, those are the things that are stealing our joy and our peace and are limiting us. But watch how Jesus closes. Now, he says all these things. I know we read it, but we're going to read it again in 11, chapter 11, verse 6. He, he tells him that all these things are happening. This is how he closes. And then he added, he said, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Now, what did he mean by that? What he was saying to, those, to John the Baptist and his, and his disciples were asking, he says, look, blessed are those, because I know things aren't going to, uh, the way you expected them to go. Like, I know you thought this was going to happen. I know you thought that I was going to come in and, and kick the, you know, Caesar out of his palace and come and, and do all these things. I know things aren't going ex how you expected them to go, but blessed are those who even when things are going unexpected, their faith, are still, their faith is still unfazed. Blessed are those who, even when things aren't going how they want them to go, are still following after me. Blessed are those that, even when things are going out of control, they still have the faith to say, no, God is in control. So you're saying, blessed are those who, even when things aren't going how you expected them to go, you still choose to follow after me. Blessed are those. Will you stand with me tonight? I'm closing. What Jesus was, was telling, what he was trying to get them to realize, he was saying, if you live life by your expectations, if you just try to say, I'm just going to do whatever the expectations lead me in, and if things don't go according to plan, I'm going to try to find someone else or something else to meet my expectations. If you live a life like that, you're always going to be discouraged. You're always going to feel like you're falling short because your expectations aren't, aren't supposed to deliver all, all those things anyways. But he said, blessed are those. I want to close with this thought. Because the idea is how do we handle, how, how, how do we be unaffected by the unexpected? How do, how do we handle ourselves when things aren't going the way we expected them to go? How, how do I handle myself when I, I thought my health would never go under, but my health went under? How do I handle myself when I never thought my relationship with my parents would be like this, but it is like that? How do I handle myself when things aren't going the way I expected them to go? I'm going to close with this thought. By surrendering 
our expectations to God. Our faith will be unaffected when life gets unexpected. By surrendering our expectations to God, our faith will be unaffected when life gets unexpected. By saying, God, I give my expectations to you. Now, again, I'm not saying have low expectations, but don't have limiting expectations. Say, God, I give them to you. I give my expectations to you, God. Even if these things don't happen, I'm giving it to you. Even if things don't go according to plan, I'm still going to follow after you. And if you say, God, you have my expectations. When, When life gets chaotic, when life goes out of control, your faith will be unaffected. Because you're saying, God, I've already given my expectations to you. And really, that's one of the hardest things we can do is say, God, I give you full control. Even the outcome. Even my expectations, I, I, I give them to you. Even that's hard to accept. That's the only way we can try to live this life without being discouraged when things go out of control and life happens. By us the same. God, I've already given my expectations to you. God, I've already given these things to you. God, God, I've already given these expectations I have of life. Is this whatever your will is for me? If this is what you want, good. If this is what you're giving me, great. God, because I've given my expectations to you. And really what the prayer is tonight is to free ourselves from our own expectations to relieve ourselves from our own expectations. Again, don't mishear me. I'm not saying have low expectations or no expectations, but free yourself from when your expectations don't happen. To relieve ourselves from when our expectations go south. How how do we handle ourselves? How to free ourselves from that. So we're going to pray tonight and with every head bowed and eye closed and Really, just draw a circle around yourself. I know the lights were messed up tonight. I, I, I know things were different, but I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something on the inside of you right now. The Holy Spirit wants to free you from some unmet expectations where you're saying, God, I expected to be here by this time, and I'm not. And I'm starting to get discouraged. I'm starting to feel like John the Baptist. I'm trying, starting to say, God, are you even in control anyways? Because if you are, then why am I here? God, free us from those expectations, God. Free us, God, from the fear of things not happening how we want them to happen, God. Free us from that anxiety that has been so built up in us because we want to live up to our own expectations that we don't realize that you have something so far greater for us, that you have a will for us, that you have a plan for us that goes far beyond our own expectations. We just have to let those expectations go and give them to you, God. So, Father, right now, God, just begin to heal us from the inside out from any unmet expectations, any past hurt, God, any disappointment that we might feel on the inside of us because we haven't reached that place or we haven't haven't met that person or because we haven't reached that success that we thought we would be expected to reach. Father, free us from those things right now. Let us no longer be discouraged or disappointed or depressed when we start thinking about unmet expectations. Let us no longer begin to to feel that pit on the inside of us when we begin to think about how life has gone unexpected. But instead, Father, let us be encouraged by your spirit, by knowing that you are in control. 
by knowing that you have a plan and a purpose on our lives and that it goes far beyond our expectations. And that if we just trust you, God, no matter what, even if we find ourselves in a prison, even if we find ourselves in unexpected situations, if we just trust you, no matter what, God, you're going to lead us. If we just trust you, no matter what, Father, you're going to take us to places we never thought we could go. If we just put our faith and our hope in you, Jesus, you're going to lead us to places beyond our expectation, beyond our wildest dreams. You're going to take us to places where we only dreamed of going, God. Before we leave this atmosphere, let's just sing a song together. But let the prayer be this. Say, God, go beyond my expectations. God, don't, I don't want your will to be confined to my expectations. Go beyond my expectations. Even if that means I have to be disappointed. Even if that means that I have to go through some seasons in my life. God, go beyond my expectations because I want your best to take place in my life. Go beyond my expectations because I want your will to take place in my life. Go beyond my expectations. For right now in this place, church, draw a circle around yourself and let that be the prayer as we begin to sing together. Come on, Haley, let's sing. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.